So this is a response to uh, an interview video with uh, Galley, the uh, content producer for Hyperchange, which is a great channel if you want to keep up with uh, all kinds of interesting things in financial technology and trends. And what I like about uh, Galley is that uh, I guess he's a millennial, but uh, he's a lot smarter than anybody you're going to see in the mainstream analysts and he's part of a growing crowd of younger uh, people who are providing really solid uh, insight into financial trends and I've uh, watched him for a while and he's made a lot of good calls. Uh, obviously he's not a formal investment advisor but uh, uh, people who follow him for a long time are very happy is all I can say. Um, so, but I didn't know, what I didn't know about him is that he's also, he recently watched the movie Seaspiracy and uh, he did an interview with a friend of his saying, well, you know, there's got to be an economy and changing all these things, fixing all these problems. And then he said, you know, what about politics? What about all these laws that are getting in the way of the kind of progress? And uh, the thing I want to say to him and people like him is that I've been working on this stuff literally since I was 10, which started with Earth Day 1970. And you know, information traveled a lot more slowly back then. Uh, a guy like him and I realized the internet really didn't even start working until about 1995, which is when I put up my first website. And it's a lot different to start later than being, you know, kind of growing up with that technology. It's just a very different feel for a guy like me, but I've done my best to stay relevant. But I wanted to talk about some really key things that I learned along the way. So by the time I was 20, I really realized that the charity model was very limited, that uh, charity, environmental charities, other social benefit charities, they could only, um, propose a future, but they didn't really have the economic capacity to bring that future into being very well. Certainly not at the scale of the issues. And so if you look, one of the big, you know, indicators is that, uh, you know, the Sierra Club was formed in 1904, the same year as General Electric. And last year, the Sierra Club's gross revenues were 150 million and General, General Electric was something like 30 billion. So it's no wonder that environmental interests always get uh, the short end of the stick when it comes to political policies because unless you're really visualizing carefully, it's hard to imagine where the economy is. And the thing is, the, the way to build a future economy is to visualize what that economy would look like. Like what if there was an what would the world look like with healthy oceans, healthy rivers, healthy forests, no war? What would that world look like? And then what kind of businesses would exist in that world? And the odd thing is, there's thousands of people building those businesses now. And so Vegan Launch, you know, we're focused on, uh, at the moment, we're focused on the vegan entrepreneurs, about 2,000 of them that are trying to raise capital and they're, they're failing because of the lack of uh, liquidity 
and you know the solution to the liquidity problem of mobilizing enough entrepreneurs and so what you end up is a couple of winners like uh, Oatly just went public you know that's a good thing but there could be literally the the dairy market is big enough it's about 600 billion dollars that's enough to support oh I don't know the smallest fortune 500 company is five billion so roughly a hundred fortune 500 companies could fit inside uh, you know plant-based milk could fit inside the whole dairy industry and that's the real scale of the issue that we're dealing with so you know a couple of uh you know only's the first one to go public but we need way more like they're not going to be big enough to handle that whole uh 700 billion six or seven hundred billion dollar dairy market so we literally need to fund hundreds of startups just in that one space. And you know, Vegan Launch is working on those kind of solutions. But what about the political side? What about getting those policies changed? Again, most people think of policy is like, well, you've got some kind of lobbyist, you know, some high paid K Street attorney uh, in Washington sort of pulling strings. But in the 90s, uh, I co-founded and led in many ways I was let's say co-leader of uh, what became a small national environmental group and we got to vote on the floor of the house we had bills in the house and senate and um, probably our biggest achievement was literally having President Clinton uh, reverse a law that he had signed in 1995 by 1996 he reversed the whole thing and that allowed the forest, you know, logging on the national forest to go down to its level from uh, 1940. Because basically under, under various administrations and then really boomed under Reagan, it was just wholesale ecological destruction. And at the same time was economically unfair uh, because the national forest was subsidizing the logging so that people who were destroying these last natural forests were only paying a, a dime per dollar of the normal market for wood. So not only was national forest logging destroying ecology, it was also destroying the economy. And you know, a lot of people just don't get how things really work, but I, I do and I've done it, you know, like that kind of thing is possible, we were very, a small group, but if you understand how things work, you can get a lot of things done. And how did I get there? Well, I started my first environmental company when I was uh, 23. And it, it started as an energy and water conservation company. Our, our first product was uh, water-saving shower heads. And the thing about then, the average shower head used in the United States used about 10 gallons of water per minute and the new shower heads were coming up, but there were no regulations about water consumption in construction. The new shower heads only used about two gallons per minute. And the thing is, is that uh, when you reduce the water flow, you also reduce the amount of energy used for heating. So our first customer was, our first big customer was Washington University in St. Louis, their dorms. They put in about, I think it was $12,000 worth of shower heads. 
and they saved over $200,000 a year in water and natural gas. Because I wanted to prove that there was an economy in conservation. And then uh, new lighting technologies were coming out. This was, but, but there's something, you know, bef before the LED, there was something called the compact fluorescent light. And that saved a considerable amount of energy, although it was quite problematic technology in many other ways, including mercury and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, that was starting to work. But what I found was that as I met other people in that field, what I discovered was that in other parts of the country where the laws were more favorable, the sales were better. So there's this intricate or intimate relationship between regulation and economy. And knowing that, that's what inspired me to move to Washington, D.C. in 1990 and get involved in seeing, you know, trying my hand at making policy. So after those two, roughly, the first project was about seven years of building this conservation business. And then you could say, I built a conservation-based nonprofit focused on changing policy. And then from that experience, I realized that the, the best way to really engage people would be to create a finance company that the public would be engaged in. So, because the thing is, movements create markets. Like the organic food movement created the organic food market. There really should be no financial logic to the organic food industry if we're just going for cheapness. But the fact is, people value their health and they're willing to put a price on that. And actually, if there were no subsidies to the oil industry, organic food would be a lot cheaper than what we call conventional food. And that's really the point here, is that actually saving the planet is much more cost efficient than what we're doing. It's just that because of the way economies evolve over time, the entrenched players have uh, a, a an advantage and they want to keep the upper hand. So what I'm offering to Galley when he says, well, how do we change these laws? Right now we're in this new era where liquidity is moving downstream. The average person can invest in startups now using the right technology platforms and the right law. And this is going around, this is happening in the US as well as around the world. And then also what we did in, in the 90s is we kind of gamified uh, the legislative process to get people involved. So ideally, if we've got people broad-based share ownership in the emerging economy and also broad-based uh, taking responsibility for policy, most people just sit on their hands and they just give up because they don't know how easy it is really to change policies if you get organized properly. But it's very hard to organize when people are volunteering. That's why the industries always have an upper hand. They pay retail for their lobbyists, whereas we always had to use volunteers. We had the upper hand because our volunteers really put their heart into it. But in the new emerging economy that we can see, it makes sense that people are investing with their heart and then they can also be activists with their heart. So now, finally, there's an alignment between ecology and the, ecology and economy, and it's only another step between the, between the line between ecology, economy, and policy. 
So my invitation to, uh, you know, Galley and people like him is that we get together and we look at the values, you know, what I was so excited by is because I didn't know before about a week ago that he really shared my values. And he's, you know, he's uh, maybe 30 years my junior and right at the time where he can really make a huge difference, but I don't want him to have to reinvent the wheel. You know, we've invented a very good wheel here. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of struggle to get to where we're at with Vegan Launch and the potential of our model uh, for solving large-scale uh, challenges all over the world. So, you know, I'm reaching out to people who have uh, leadership like him and say, look, let's not reinvent the tools. Here they are. Let's just get started. So, uh, Gally, I hope you watch this and I uh, look forward to your thoughts.